Welcome to the Primal Pioneer, a no-nonsense podcast teaching you how to rewild your life and heal your body using nature's medicine kit. I'm your host, Heather Shepard, classical homeopath, author of The Sunlight Rx, and alternative healer. For the past decade, I've been helping people overcome acute and chronic health disorders and brain injuries using a 100% natural approach. Enjoy this episode and subscribe to this podcast to stay informed about your body, your health, and how to lead the healthiest life possible, even amidst our crazy modern world. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Today, I'm going to talk about ivermectin. And I'm going to talk about why I personally don't use it or recommend it. And I want to talk about this subject because so many people believe that this pharmaceutical drug, yes, ivermectin is a drug. It's a pharmaceutical drug. Um, and most people don't know that or, or, or maybe they do and they think it's it's kind of this last ditch effort to um, helped their COVID symptoms or their cold flu symptoms. And, um, you know, historically ivermectin is used to treat parasites, to treat worms and quote unquote, I say treat with quotes around that. Um, and many people now are seeking it out to combat their cold flu C19 symptoms. So I want to talk about this subject today, especially because it's been really interesting. Um, the past couple weeks, I've had um, our propane guy, the guy who comes and fills up our propane. He uh, called me out of the blue one day. He said, hey, Heather, I have this this friend who has cold flu symptoms and, you know, he's not into the jab and he's not into big pharma and I, I want to give him ivermectin. What, what dosage should I give him? And I'm like, you shouldn't give him any dosage, <laughs> you know, like there's, there's a much better way for us to get a handle on this and for us to approach this person's symptoms. And, um, we don't quite understand the options that are available to us when it comes to treating our acutes. And um, so this this information has purposefully been hidden from us. It's been taken out of the medical training, the Western medical training system. It once used to be in that system. Homeopathy used to be part of Western medical training. Flexner report came, forget it, it all went to shit. Um, and I'll, you know, you'll, you'll understand why in this episode, but in, in a nutshell, you can, it, it takes a lot of time to do an intake with somebody with regard to, uh, if we really want to get them the right remedy for them, it can take time. It can take an hour. It can take 90 minutes and Western medicine, the system is not set up to function under that model and they would never be able to make, or maybe they would, they're just, they're just short-sighted and very inside the box, as we all know. Um, their business model doesn't support that. 
and they focus on sick care and they don't focus on health care and we know all those things. So ivermectin is a pharmaceutical drug and there's no such thing as a pharmaceutical that can cure and that doesn't act in a suppressive way on the immune system, doesn't exist. No pharmaceutical exists that can cure or and that doesn't suppress the immune system. So during this episode, I'm going to talk about ivermectin and why I don't use it in my personal life or private homeopathic practice. And I'm going to teach you more effective and non-suppressive ways to treat your colds, your flus, your respiratory ailments. I'm going to teach you how to look at health and healing um, and helping somebody get well. How can we really do that from a root place? What does that really mean? Um, so I'm going to get into that as well during this episode. But before I dive into the episode today, I have a couple of really important announcements, one in particular, which I'm sure many of you have heard of, and that is a recent decision by the FDA to start um, policing homeopathic remedies, pulling homeopathic remedies from the shelves as they're claiming that homeopathic remedies need quote unquote scientific testing. Um, they already have that. I'll talk about that here in just a second, but um, literally homeopathic remedies are the safest product medicines regulated by the FDA. In the past 200 plus years, where homeopathy has gained this global awareness and practice and, and whatnot, there are literally zero recorded deaths as a result of somebody taking a homeopathic remedy. Now, mind you, medical error, uh, particularly wrong prescribing of medications, allopathic medications, is responsible for 9K deaths per year in the US alone. And those, you know, mind you, are only the reported cases. And homeopathic remedies, particularly the polycrest, so the most commonly used, um, widely used remedies, um, and as well as other remedies, they have actually been around for the past 200 plus years and have, have undergone significant testing. It's just simply not called scientific testing. That's not the term that was used way back when Hanuman was founding uh, homeopathy. Um, but testing done on homeopathic remedies, that is called approving. And this is where many remedies, hundreds to thousands of them have been tested on real live human beings. Imagine that. And you can test it on human beings because it's safe and it doesn't have toxic side effects. And these provings, especially in the polycrest remedies, which are the majority of the remedies found on the health food shelves, they literally have hundreds to thousands of different provings that's been undergone on them. So scientific testing actually has been done. Um, but I'm bringing this to your attention because I don't want you to be alarmed if you see homeopathic remedies being pulled from your health food store shelves in the near future. But rest assured, I always have a solution. We can always figure things out. We can always get around their horse shit. Um, you know, I, 
I'm going to give you a couple resources so you can stock up your homeopathic kit if you feel called to do so. So you have some of the common remedies for cold, flu, um, first aid on hand that you can call on to support your health. And if you ever need a remedy, reach out to a, a homeopath and they um, will likely share a remedy for you if, if you need one. Um, but, you know, this is pretty much, uh, this has been in the works for many years. The FDA has threatened to take homeopathic remedies off of the shelves and have threatened to discontinue the sale of homeopathic remedies. And they claim that it's because it needs more testing, which is a total line of BS. Um, but what really, what really needs more testing, like if we really want to go there, uh, let's talk about statin drugs and people who died or gone to liver failure from statins or the issue with people being addicted to Adderall today or blood thinners, right? That people are just, they, they put people on with serious significant side effects. Um, and that now uh, cannabis is, is practically available to anyone and, and the side effects and the um, destructive nature that that has on the mental health of um, our population. That's a whole other topic for a different time. People think, oh, they made it free. That's a free drug, cannabis, like amazing. People are highly addicted to cannabis. It destroys the liver used chronically. It destroys the memory used chronically. But this is widely available. And you have to think anything they make widely available like that, like, oh, finally, cannabis is legal. Like, what an achievement. Um, they didn't just make it available because it's going to help somebody's pain. Um, they have much more. Um, <laughs> they're not that nice. Let's just let's just be honest. So. Um, I've had a lot of people over the past few days since this whole, um, FDA thing and homeopathy has happened. I think it happened around December 7th, 2022, but I've had a lot of people email and contact me wondering, Hey, Heather, what can I do about this issue? Um, and I, I, like I said, I have a couple of answers to this issue that, um, can help support you. Uh, so for one, I've made a PDF list of remedies that I recommend uh, ordering now, just in case if you're somebody who wants to build your home kit, your homeopathic home kit, um, you can download the PDF. It's completely free. I'm making it free for anyone. Just go to my website and um, go to heathershepherd.com, H-E-A-T-H-A-R-S-H-E-P-A-R-D.com. Go to the resources list and you'll see where to buy the, the home kit remedy PDF. Um, and let's see. So in this list, it can be helpful to have on hand whether you're a homeopath or you want to become a homeopath or you want to be able to treat yourself. Imagine that. Or you want to be able to treat your kids without taking them to the doctor when it's not necessary, right? Um, these, these remedies that I have in the PDF list um, that I'm calling my, my homeopathic home kit remedy list, these remedies that I list are specifically 
helpful for things like cold, flu, first aid, you know, things like concussion, bee stings, infection, um, as well as my top remedies for things like shock or trauma. And I list these and a very short description of, okay, this is what you would use this remedy for. Um, and I specifically say what you would use the remedy for in your own home. If you want to apply this medicine to your children, to yourself, if you get an acute, et cetera. Um, and I also list where to buy them because yes, it does matter. Not all remedies are created equal. So um, I list where to buy them and what potencies to get. And I include, um, as I mentioned, a small description of what each remedy can be indicated for. So you can get this list for free by visiting my site, heathershepherd.com backslash resources, and just look in the drop-down menu for homeopathic uh, home kit remedies. Um, and for those of you wanting to learn more about how to actually use and apply homeopathy to your own healing, to your family, to your kids, to your friends, to your clients, I encourage you to sign up for my foundations course. And this course will teach you, okay, when do I use this potency? When do I repeat? When do I give a single dose? Um, and, and much, much more. I go into to, to great detail regarding the foundations of home, homeopathy and how to practice. And this is stemming from really, this is inspired from um, seeing a lot of very poorly run and poorly educated homeopaths. And um, I'm very passionate about, hey, uh, we need to get accurate information out about this medicine because when we practice it in, uh, in playing to its strengths, uh, very, very positive, powerful, effective healing outcomes can happen. So you can learn more about my foundations course. You can sign up before Christmas to save a hundred bucks on the course, heathershepherd.com, go to the homeopathy tab and you will see the foundations course. You can read all about it. Ask me questions before signing up if you so uh, feel called to do so. Okay, let's get into ivermectin and Basically, the number one reason why I don't use this to treat C19 colds, not even parasites or worms, okay, is because it's a pharmaceutical drug and every pharmaceutical drug has negative toxic side effects. You cannot escape side effects, toxicity, suppressiveness um, in the pharmaceutical world. There's no escaping it. That's how it's designed. So, let me give you an example here because homeopathy also takes toxic substances and uses them to cure people, quote unquote cure, right? Um, however, in homeopathy, the toxicity of a substance is completely removed in the processing of the remedy. The remedy is um, diluted. It's you know, sits in a, this vat of alcohol or diluting substance for several days to months, and then it is potentized, which means it is succussed. They shake the heck out of the remedy, and um, they by shaking the heck out of the remedy, I mean 6.02 times 10 to the 23rd and up, they shake it. And by 
preparing medicines in this way, you completely remove any toxic effect of the remedy. Allopathy would have much more successful healing outcomes if they did this with their pharmaceuticals. It'd be much, much better, much better healing outcomes and much better for people as well, because there's not going to be negative side effects. And you're only going to get the healing properties when you prepare medicines in this way. So I don't use ivermectin. I don't use, I, I don't recommend it for these reasons. And um, every pharmaceutical, including ivermectin, only suppresses and weakens the immune system. Um, so I, I think I want to give you an example of this, but let me, um, let me think about how, how to put this because, you know, people take pharmaceuticals for all sorts of ailments, right? Not just like cold flu. Let me take some ivermectin, but they take it for any ailment. The way we've been trained is a one track way of thinking. I'm sick, I have this symptom, pharmaceutical. And our brains have been patterned into thinking along, down this one way track. Most people don't even know that there are other options that in many cases can actually quote unquote cure the case without going the pharmaceutical route. Um, and every single pharmaceutical has side effects. Let me talk about blood pressure medication here just for a minute because um, a lot of people are on blood thinners for high blood pressure. A lot of high blood pressure is also wrongly diagnosed. A lot of high blood pressure um, people have what you know, you all have heard of this, white coat syndrome. As soon as they walk into the doctor, they freaking panic because they're going to get some chronic disease diagnosis that is going to ruin their life, you know? And so as soon as they step into that office, the freaking hot, their, their blood pressure goes up. So then we're prescribing high blood pressure medication for somebody who's, when they're not in that situation, has totally normal blood pressure. So anyway, blood, blood thinners, this is a very commonly overly prescribed medication today. And, you know, we take a pharmaceutical drug and while it may palliate or help manage the symptoms of blood pressure, like let's say, oh, okay, you take a, a, a blood thinner and your blood pressure starts to regulate. Usually this is short-term. People who've been on blood pressure medications for 10 plus years, often get into what's called malignant hypertension, meaning that even with medication, it's no longer manageable. So the body stops responding to the medication over time. And this I commonly see, especially with blood thinners and blood pressure medication for people who've been on it for years and years and years. So, um, but let's just say you take your blood thinner and you notice, oh, great, my blood pressure is oh, it's so much better, feeling great now, it's, it's, it's regulating. But what we don't, we're, what we don't really mm, comprehend or 
understand is that you're literally putting a piece of duct tape over a massive leak by approaching your health in that way, because the leak is going to start coming out of other areas. And then eventually that main leakage is going to just bust open and you'll get into a situation of malignant hypertension. But like, for example, with high blood pressure medication, you're suppressing your immune system by taking this medication and your body compromises by creating other symptoms. So high blood pressure, your blood pressure may regulate, but it suppresses and diminishes kidney function, leading to kidney stones, gout, energy level struggles, and long-term blood pressure regulation issues. So it, it doesn't even rectify the thing that it's meant to rectify. It just puts duct tape over the issue. So the root of blood pressure issues, um, usually there's always some sort of blood sugar regulation issue at play, but even deeper than that, like we have to go deeper because most people know uh, blood pressure dysregulation, what comes before that is blood sugar dysregulation, but what comes before that, right? This is where we need to dive deeper. Most people stop at these kind of surfacey physical ailments, but deeper root causes, especially of high blood pressure, are uh, past use of suppressive therapies, vaccinations, antibiotics. Yes, these things will set the stage for things like hypertension. And then there's always genetic predisposition, right? So you have to have genetic predisposition in place in order for um, the disease to show up in a certain area. For example, every single person on my dad's side of the family, um, when his mom and dad were alive, they had hypertension. They were on medication for hypertension. And then also my dad and his sisters, they're also on blood pressure medication and they have blood sugar struggles. It's not just blood sugar struggles. You see, this is a familial genetic predisposition that got activated. And I mean, it is not arbitrary that every single one of them struggle with this issue, right? There's a genetic predisposition in place. And as soon as they get faced with a stressor, that genetic predisposition is activated. So... um you know, I, I talk about this all the time, but stressors, obviously there's, there's so many stressors in life. You break up with somebody, somebody, you have a big grief, somebody dies, somebody, you have a breakup, there's an affair, but also things like antibiotics, vaccinations, um, medications. These are also very, uh, examples of stressors. And when the body gets to its breaking point when the stress gets too much for the organism to handle, boom, breaking point, and then the genetic predisposition is activated. When it comes to cold and flu and C19 and respiratory issues, we can use homeopathy as, as well as natural medicines if need be, and I'll talk about one to decipher between which one to use, to approach these conditions without the negative side effects and while pulling these things out by the roots. So you see what well, ivermectin and other drugs and 
jabs and antibiotics and chemo and all the other uh, crap that they push on people and make them think that this is your only option. If you don't do this, you're going to die. I mean, who wouldn't have high blood pressure or like go into a, a, a severe stress response if that's the answer the doctor is giving you? I mean, you know, that's natural. You should feel stressed under those conditions. Um, but the, the biggest downfall when it comes to prescribing something to someone um, a, a medicine, even a homeopathic remedy, you know, etc. Where most people fail is that they do not individuate the treatment. Um, you have a cold, take ivermectin, right? It's it, it, and they do this for everything. You have high blood pressure, take a blood thinner. You have cancer, do chemo, right? It's lazy and it's a simple formula that they can give to the masses. This is their quote unquote healthcare for the masses. And, you know, if someone gets a bronchitis or a flu um, after overworking, you know, they exercise too much, um, they work too much, they work too hard. This treatment, how we would treat this condition would be different than if somebody gets a bronchitis or a flu after their menses. Every time after the menses, they get a cold or flu-like symptoms. Different treatment than the person who gets exhausted, overworks themselves, and then gets cold or flu. And we can say this about any condition. What if somebody gets a cold or a flu after a shock or after a grief or after exposure to cold damp? They go out, they think they're doing amazing and they stick their feet in a snowbank and you get freezing cold and damp, but the next day they have cold flu symptoms. See that stressor, that was a stressor to that organism that set that person off and these situations all require a different treatment strategy. So um, we have to take this into consideration if we want to help people heal. And this is, oh, you hear root cause this and root cause that and root protocol this and root roots everywhere. You're not getting to the root of the issue if you don't individuate the treatment. So, you know, someone who is restless during their acute, their cold, their flu, right? The treatment is different from the person who doesn't want to move at all, doesn't want to be touched, doesn't want to talk, be talked to, and they just want to lay there still in their bed and be left alone. This is a different modality. We would give a different remedy for these situations. And in all honesty, neither the allopathic world or the ND or the functional medicine world takes individuation of treatment into consideration. And it's not that I'm like, oh, F you to these people. I don't like you. I I have to believe or you know feel that people in the healing profession hopefully really want to help people get better. But the way people are trained, and I have been through so much training when it comes to natural health, um, 
to be able to say, there's a lot of bad training, unfortunately, that doesn't help people get to the root. And, you know, for example, let's say you go to your functional medicine doc, you test positive for mold, right? He's going to give you the same exact protocol as everyone else who walks into his practice and tests positive for mold, okay? It's the same approach. The, just maybe there'll be less toxic measures, but it's still not going to get to the root. You know, the less, less toxic than allopathic, but it's still not going to get anywhere near the root of the issue. And this is why I so strongly favor homeopathy because a good, well-trained homeopath will be able to individuate treatment by prescribing one single remedy. So Honestly, if you're somebody out there and you use homeopathy, don't like, I'm not making fun of this, but you need, it's important to understand because there's so much misinformation out there that please forget about things like that are marketed in a way to make you think it's the best freaking thing since sliced bread, like Unda numbers and combination remedies and this famous doctor from the States or India or wherever they live made this combination remedy and you should take it for this ailment. This is not homeopathy. That is not how homeopathy from its roots, from its origin was practiced. You know, this, these are combination remedies. Um, these are the remedies. These are the things that should be pulled from the shelves, if any, because they're not capable of getting to the root of the issue. They only palliate. And if someone uses combination remedies for a prolonged period of time, it's going to confuse the immune system. The immune system will start throwing out confusing messages. A rash this day, a cough this day, a constipation this week a diarrhea this week. There's no congruency. This is also the case if somebody just continuously takes, this is one that I love. It's so good. Anybody who, any homeopath who, who prescribes in this way, I cannot tell you to just run in the opposite direction. If they give you a combination remedy, an UNDA number, if they give you a cell salt and tell you to take it every day, and if they change your remedy, on a regular basis, never gonna, that's that's not how homeopathy is designed to practice and it's never going to help rectify the root cause of your issue. And it's honestly not individuating the treatment. So the only time really that multiple remedies should be given is let's say an emergency situation, you give a remedy, oh my God, that didn't act quick, give the next one, or if somebody's on their deathbed, those are the extreme situations where that can be that way of prescribing can be, you know, adhered to. Other than that, forget it. You're never going to get well like that. You're never going to rectify the issue. And I have people reach out to me and they're like, Heather, I've been to this homeopath and he put me on this protocol. And I've been to this homeopath and he has me taking this remedy at 1 a.m., 1 p.m. and this remedy at 3 p.m. and this remedy when I wake up in the morning. And I'm like, I can't see you until you take at least one month break from all of those remedies because 
the picture that you're going to present is going to be very confusing. Your immune system is going to be very confused. And so then people do these protocols. If anybody gives you a protocol, that's another like, that's another red flag, a homeopathic protocol. You don't want a homeopathic protocol. <laughs> it's not gonna, it's not gonna be helpful. Maybe it'll act in a palliative way. As soon as you're off the protocol, your symptoms come back or maybe new symptoms because it confuses the immune system. As you can see, I'm very passionate about this subject. Um, so ultimately combination remedies, undas, these sort of things are just like the functional medicine doctor who gives the same mold, mold protocol to someone or the same allopathic doctor who says, take this statin drug because your cholesterol is high or this high blood, this blood thinner because your blood pressure is high. Behind it all is the same exact mentality. Maybe some of them obviously have less toxic side effects, but they all are based on prescribing in this um, one-way track linear mindset that never takes the individual into consideration. It does not individuate treatment and it's confusing for the immune system. So um, let's see, what else should we know here about all of these things? Um, well, I think it's important to know also, and I, I did a, um, a homeopathic series back in the day, and one of them was talking about anecdotes and anecdotal substances. And some homeopaths have been trained so poorly that they are not even aware of the fact that um, you have to avoid anecdotal substances for a very long time if you want the remedy to act. You see, if you take one dose of a remedy, if that remedy is not anecdoted, it will continue to work on the subatomic layers of your body, of your tissues, of your cells for months and months and months at a time. And with each passing month that is not, it's not anecdoted and that you don't take another remedy, you know, we're, we're saying this is the correct remedy that you've taken you will gradually see more and more improvements. But people antidote. They antidote with coffee. They're like, oh yeah, I'll avoid coffee the day I take it. No, you have to avoid coffee for like a year at least. Um, cannabis, antidotes, essential oils, especially applied to the skin, but any strong sense, antidotes. And it doesn't just antidote on the day of. Month six, you decide to smoke some weed, you antidoted your remedy. You decide to drink a coffee six months out, eight months out, you antidoted your remedy. Um, I had somebody, a client email me the other day, Heather, I have an acute. They want to give me a steroid. Should I take it? I didn't see the message in time. Um, I see the message. I say, you know, did you take the steroid? Yes. You antidoted your remedy. It's that's steroids are, are, I mean, you want to antidote your remedy and suppress your immune system, sign up for a, a steroid drug in cold and flu. When the correct remedy is taken, 
improvements happen in a couple of minutes to one to two hours. Somebody has a kid has high fever, you give the correct remedy, literally in minutes to an hour or two, the case will completely start to turn around. Um, so we have to prescribe a single remedy in the correct potency and the correct dosage and at the appropriate time in order to see the benefits. We have to play to the strengths. The strengths of um, allopathic medicine, it has some strengths. Some people's appendix are, are gonna burst and they don't, they don't respond strongly to Bryonia 200C and they need to go have, they need a surgery. Somebody, um, you know, has their, a gunshot wound. Forget silica and a gunshot wound, get your ass to the hospital and get the bullet out, right? Like this is, we have to play to the strengths. Homeopathy in order to play to its strengths has to be practiced the way it was designed to be used. Single remedy, know when to repeat, know what potency to give, know why you're taking that potency. Know why you're repeating that remedy or know why you're taking a single dose. And as a homeopath, know why you're prescribing that. Know how to treat a mental, emotional issues versus strictly physical issues. Most people, most homeopaths don't know this. And that's probably why the FDA is like, these freaking fools, you know, they, they might, there's like no regulation around it, which is exactly why I created my school and my foundations course and the year and a half long program, because I am very passionate about educating people in an accurate way around this medicine, because the more people know how to play to its strengths, the less um, people will suffer from, you know, People don't do this today, but like die from an epidemic or an acute. Most people don't do that because our systems have been so suppressed. But when you know how to use homeopathy, if there's a threatening situation, kid has a high fever, kid has a, a rash, kid has worms, you know how to use this medicine and play to its strengths. You, We will see less chronic illnesses as a result as well. People will live longer, better quality of life. So, um, let's see, is there anything else I want to share here with regard to ivermectin? Um, so basically, you know, when you take a remedy, it's going to start reorganizing and strengthening the immune system. Um, this is how homeopathy inherently works. You strengthen the immune system so that it can overcome whatever chronic or acute element the person is dealing with. So um, allopathic medicine does not strengthen the immune system in order to help you get over um, an episode of diarrhea or bronchitis. You take an antibiotic it suppresses the immune system, it weakens the immune system. So you will no longer get that acute, but you will enter a chronic 
disease state. Allopathic medicine is a one-way ticket to a chronic disease state. Um, so, like, like I mentioned, if you want to um, you have a cold or a flu, you don't want to go to the doctor. You don't know what to do. You have these symptoms, okay? So homeopathy, when you, you, you give the right remedy, it's going to act in a very quick way to help overcome the, the acute symptoms, as I mentioned, minutes to a couple of hours. And so um, this is obviously my main choice for, for approaching treating acute situations. Um, I don't even own ivermectin. I don't even want it in my house. I don't even need, you know, we don't, this is not an option. Um, because most people are think, Hey, I have chills, a cold, a fever. I want to pre prevent it from going into something. And they like, give me ivermectin. They're not, they're taking it away from us. And so we want it. We think that's the answer. Right. And so then there's that kind of, um, mm, black mentality, desperation around it. That's the only thing that's going to help. It's not, and it's not going to help. It'll actually activate your chronic illnesses and predispositions. So we can use homeopathy to effectively rectify our acutes, but we have to know how to apply the medicine correctly, right? Potency, repetition, single dose, and we need to know what to expect after taking. And this is what I also teach uh, my students in both the foundations and the year and a half course. Um, but, you know, we go into greater detail about all this in the year and a half course. But um, I go into detail on how, how do you know which potency to use? Your kid has diarrhea. Do you give a 200C, a 30C? Do you give arsenicum album? Do you give veratum album? What do you do? Right? So when we know how to approach these things, we can effectively use it. And um, also, the more specific the acute is, the more homeopathy needs to be considered as a, an effective modality for the situation. Now, what do I mean by that? So let's say somebody comes in and they have a stuffy nose and congestion, and mm, that's, that's their symptoms. Like maybe they, they have some post-nasal drip, right? that's not a very strong symptom. It's actually a sign that if, if somebody has these low grade post nasal drip, or I cough sometimes here or there, and I just generally feel low energy, that's a case where the immune system is not strong enough to produce specific symptoms or strong symptoms. That is actually uh, a case where, um, they can be more challenging to treat because the immune system has been so suppressed. That type of person is in a lower level of health and will need ongoing homeopathic care. And sometimes I even say, hey, when your symptoms are so nonspecific, you know, it's not, we need to have a clear picture to individuate the treatment. Post-nasal drip, I mean, really like, that's not a very strong symptom. So in homeopathy, the stronger the, the symptoms are, as well as the more clear cut they are, 
you know, for example, somebody has pain in the left ear and the pain is unbearable and it's worse heat, worse touch, worse laying on the left side. This is specific. That is very specific versus post nasal drip. It's like, we need to get more specific than that. And if your body's not producing specific symptoms, we need to work on your, your chronic layer because the immune system isn't strong enough to produce strong enough symptoms to get a clear picture as to what's going on. And that happens due to years of suppressive therapies or, you know, years of constant stress on the organism. So, you know, in the other case, all these left-sided symptoms and left earache and pain's unbearable, worse touch, worse heat, worse laying on the left side, you give a dose or two or three of locusts, then the case will be cured. So um, I also, in the foundations course, go over how to uh, treat acutes with homeopathy. It's a bonus um, module in the, in the course. So if symptoms are general, if you have general symptoms, or I'm not giving medical advice, blah, 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 right? But if you have general symptoms, rest, eat bone broth, drink bone broth soup, you know, these sort of things. Take your elderberry syrup and ginger tea. If you have something like post-nasal drip and you're tired, your body doesn't have strong enough symptoms. So take this, this approach, okay? Do, do these general things and let your immune system recover as you're feeling a little bit better, then be like, oh shit, I didn't get that. My symptoms weren't super strong. This thing's been nagging. I should reach out to Heather or some classically trained homeopath for a deeper chronic uh, session that's going to help to rectify these issues. And, you know, when the symptoms are clear, when they're specific, um, and they could be specific and they could be intense and, you know, there could be very strong symptoms or clear symptoms. And what do I mean by clear symptoms is that um, like everything's on the left side or everything's on the right side, right ear, right throat, you know, right stuffy nose. That's, that's pretty clear. Or symptoms go right to left. Or every time I lay down, I get a coughing attack, right? Or every time I go outside in fresh air, I feel better and my cough goes away. These are specific symptoms. Those are very much treatable symptoms with homeopathy. So when the symptoms are, are clear in this way, if they're intense, if they're specific, you know, um, homeopathy can work wonders if the correct remedy is, and potency and frequency of the, the remedy is applied. So that might've been a little bit more of an in-depth uh, episode for beginning homeopaths. But honestly, I hope that the takeaway was um, how our uh, treatment strategies need to be individuated in order to truly rectify root causes of our health issues. That is the main way we help to remove root causes. Um, so I have plenty of options to help support you around your acutes, around your chronics, around learning more about homeopathy. The, the first and foremost is you can start with the free PDF for the home kit remedies under the resources tab on my site. If you have an acute and you need support or your kid gets an acute, book an acute session with me. 
go to my site, homeopathy, book a session. And you'll see an acute tab there, book an acute session. You can start to learn more about homeopathy and how to apply it to yourself, your kids. Um, maybe you're just an aspiring homeopath and you want to learn more about it. You want to help your clients in deeper ways. Start with a foundations course. And my year and a half program doesn't start. Uh, the next enrollment is September 2023. So um, I hope this episode was helpful with regard to individuating treatment, approaching acutes, how um, Western medicine suppresses, how functional medicine and naturopathic medicine might you know, sound romantic in the sense where they say, get this test and take this supplement and do this protocol, but they never individuate treatment. They, but the thing is, they think that's individuation of treatment. They think that if you have mold, then do the mold protocol and that's the individuating treatment. But let me tell you something, people who, let's say somebody has mold, everybody who has mold is affected in a different uh, to varying degrees and everybody's going to prevent or present with unique symptoms. Not everybody is going to be chilly and thin and aggravated by eating blue cheese, right? But some people are, some people are going to be more aggravated by heat and, um, anxious and hypochondriacal about their health, different treatment plan, Although they're struggling with this same similar condition, the mold, we have to get more specific than that. You have to individuate the person's personality, their psyche, and their physical symptoms in order to individuate the treatment. So have a wonderful week, everyone. See you soon. Thanks so much for tuning into today's episode to learn more about my approach to health, to see all of my creations in the kitchen and all of my sunlight RX tips. You can follow me on the gram at sunlight underscore RX and subscribe to this podcast to access weekly episodes.